Welcome to Shipwreck Sunday, where we investigate disasters at sea and the impact that they have on the world today. My name is Eleanor. Today we will be discussing the sinking of MV Salem Express, a Roar ferry that ran aground and sank in the Red Sea in December of 1991. Stay tuned to hear her story from start to finish. Quick disclaimer for our younger audience before we dive in. This story does include details of a maritime disaster resulting in the loss of a vessel and death that may be disturbing to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised for those under the age of 13. Please keep in mind that I'm not a mariner or expert in the field of maritime history, but I've done my research. Okay everyone, let's get into it. MV Salem Express started as a ferry named M.S. Fred Scamaroni when she was built by the Forges et Chantiers de la Méditerranée in Le Seine-sur-Mer, France, for the Compagnie Générale Transatlantique. I'm so sorry to our French-speaking listeners for making your ears bleed. She was ordered on January 15, 1963, with her keel first being laid down in Yard 1368 sometime in June of 1963. Her construction would run into the following year, and she launched on November 30, 1964. Let's cover her specifications before we continue with her story. She was a row-row ferry, which is a roll-on, roll-off ferry meant to carry cars, trucks, and trailers. Her gross tonnage was 4,771, which is the ship's internal volume. In imperial measurements, she was 377 feet and 4 inches long, had a beam of 58 feet and 6 inches wide, and a draft of 15 feet and 8 inches tall. In metric measurements, that is 115 meters long, a beam of 17.83 meters wide, and a draft of 4.78 meters tall. As for propulsion, she was equipped with two SEMT peel stick 8PC 2-liter engines, which combined could generate up to 14,888 horsepower. She had two propeller shafts with controllable pitch propellers, and with the setup, she could reach speeds up to 20 knots. 20 knots is equivalent to 37 kilometers per hour and 23 miles per hour. As for capacity, she could have 1,256 passengers split into 428 passenger beds, 145 vehicles, and an average crew of 63. After her launch, she was towed to Porte de Bure in southern France to be completed, finally being delivered to Compagnie Générale Transatlantique in Marseille, France on June 14, 1966. Some sources say 1965, but most say 1966, so that's what I'm going with. Her call sign from 1966 to 1981 was FNOC, and her IMO number during that time was 6502311. Now, she's going to change hands and change names many, many times between 1966 and 1991, and we'll go over that now. Her port of registry from 1966 to 1980 was Marseille, France, and her first owners, the French Line, owned her from 1966 to 1969 as the MS Fred Scamaroni. She was then sold to Générale des Travailleurs de Mortigny, or CGTM, in 1969. CGTM renamed her to Nous Sans Georges, and they owned her up until 1976, when she was again sold. This time, she'd end up in the care of Société Nationale Maritime Corse Méditerranée, or SNCM, and they'd own her until 1980. 
From 1980 until 1981, her port of registry changes to Dunkirk, France, when she was sold to Ole Lortzen, France. They only had her for the year of 1980, selling her to Lord Maritime Enterprise. Her port of registry then moved to Alexandria, Egypt, and she was renamed to Lord Sinai. Lord Maritime Enterprise would rename her again in 1984 to Al Tara, then selling her in 1988 to her last owner, the Samatour Shipping Company. They named her MV Salem Express, and she'd remain with them until her loss in 1991. Okay, we are going to go back in time to her maiden voyage so we can talk about her first incident. Her main voyage was actually delayed due to a fire in her engine room on June 26, 1966. That month, she started running her route between Marseille and Ajaccio, though she wouldn't even make it a full year before her next incident. In January of 1967, she ran into the Ajaccio Quay, which is the port there in Ajaccio. One year later, in April of 1970, she suffered another fire on her way down to Bastia. When she was in Dunkirk running the route from there to Ramsgate in 1980, she ran aground. Another occasion with an unknown date, she caused a massive traffic jam in port due to slow truck loading. Then in 1988, Samatour Shipping Company acquired her and she ran the route from Suez, Egypt to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Not a great start for the ship and not a great end for her either. We've reached her final voyage and her sinking. The number of passengers and crew is debated. Some sources claim 644 passengers total. Others claim 664 passengers and 71 crew, and some claim 578 passengers and 72 crew. During her final voyage in December of 1991, MV Salem Express made her usual 450-mile trip from Jeddah to Safaga, which is 724.21 kilometers, and this took about 36 hours. It was intended to unload 350 of their passengers here before they headed north to Suez. This had been the standard route for MV Salem Express, running like clockwork since 1988 when she was acquired. Due to a mechanical fault, she'd left Saudi Arabia two days later than expected, and this led her into stormy seas the night of her sinking. Most of the passengers aboard MV Salem Express that trip were Egyptian, and most of them were poorly paid workers traveling home for the holidays. Roughly 150 passengers were returning from pilgrimage to Mecca. Dives to the shipwreck afterward confirmed the holiday vibes on the ship, with passengers carrying gifts for their family home and their luggage, and the pilgrims on their way home from Mecca were dressed in the nicest, finest clothes to celebrate the upcoming holidays. On Saturday, December 14th, she was making her way, two full days behind, but still trying to keep some sort of schedule. The ship was due to be in port in Safaga by 11.30 p.m., but as we all know, she'd never make it. The crew were relaxed, not anticipating anything to go wrong. This would be any other normal sailing to them. Captain Morrow was asleep in his cabin, which was a habit of his, leaving the first officer on the bridge to take the con. The night was stormy, but if you're an experienced seaman, you'd just be alert and aware. Suddenly, around 11.13 p.m., a loud crash was heard throughout the ship, and it rocked violently as she ran aground, shaking and vibrating. Shortly after, she developed a heavy list, and the lights all went out. The captain, certainly roused from the loud crash, sounded the distress signal. The sinking was very fast, and it created a lot of panic up on deck. Only one lifeboat would be launched successfully. Hanan Salah, the ship's nurse, said that there was no time to help people into lifeboats, with other survivors claiming they had difficulty manning the lifeboats and that the crew had even pushed some of them out of the way to take the boats themselves. There were some brave crew members who did the right thing, descending into the ship to knock on passengers' cabin doors, rousing them and alerting them of the danger. 
One of these passengers, Shaban Abu Syria, was one of those who'd left his cabin when he overheard crew members shouting. He said, quote, It just sunk all at once, and I barely had time to get out. This sounds like MV Estonia. Due to the extreme weather, rescue attempts were not launched that night, and survivors had a difficult time in the heavy seas. One survivor had clung to a wooden oar for four hours before she happened upon a life raft. Relieved and exhausted, she climbed in only to find standing water and three bodies. Her and another man managed to rescue 15 other people, only for the raft to capsize around 7 a.m. on December 15th due to the enormous waves. Another survivor would describe seeing many fellow survivors clinging to one wooden door while it was tossed around in the seas. Ismail Abdel Hassan, an amateur long-distance swimmer who worked as an agricultural engineer, was standing on the ship's deck as she sank out from under him. He would follow the lights of the port and managed to swim safely to shore, surviving a whopping 18 hours in the water. He tried to lead two other men to safety with him as they clung desperately to his clothes, but they died of exhaustion. In 11 minutes, the ship was under the water, and it sank entirely in under 20 minutes. Hundreds were trapped below decks as soon as MV Salem Express went under the water, and this resulted in the death of between 464 and 485 people. There are some sources that claim up to 850 deaths, but it's unknown where they got this figure, so I'm going to go with the estimation in the 400s as fact. Prime Minister Atef Sedki was keen on recovering the bodies of the dead, as well as uncovering the truth, and so Egyptian authorities detained seven surviving crew members to investigate the cause of the sinking on December 16th. But what caused this sinking? The ship ran aground on a coral reef somewhere between 6 to 10 miles offshore, which is 9.65 to 16.1 kilometers. For some reason, they deviated off their original course, when they hit the reef, it shredded the hull in the forward starboard bow, and this opened the ship's bow door. Seawater flooded the car deck, and when Roro ferries start flooding on the car deck, that is when they are the most vulnerable. Look at MV Estonia, for example. We have a video on her if you're interested. According to the official record in Lloyd's Marine Casualties, quote, While approaching Safaga at midnight in rough weather, the master took a shortcut which was not authorized for night passage. The ferry struck a reef and sank within 20 minutes. Initially, it was reported that the ship drifted off course in high winds, and this was consistent with what the ship's second officer, Khalid Mamdo Ahmed, experienced. His job was to chart the course into port. According to Cairo, Egypt's state-owned radio, Samatour officials said the ship had actually deviated off course in inclement weather, and that there were numerous unsuccessful attempts to warn the crew of MV Salem Express of their predicament. Egyptian investigators had yet another story. They'd not even received reports stating that the ship had veered from its intended route. There is another theory, but it was first reported by Al-Aram newspaper and it has not been confirmed, though many secondary sources run with this story, so I'll present it to you. Apparently, Captain Hassan Moro had deliberately taken the ship off course to take a shortcut, and this would have reduced travel time by several hours. Remember, their departure had been delayed because of mechanical difficulties. The captain had been mastering MV Salem Express since 1988 and was incredibly comfortable with this route, so frequently he would take a shortcut between the Hindim Reef and the coastline from the south instead of the intended route around the Panorama Reef from the north. According to several crew members, Captain Moro was in a hurry, and according to the ship's nurse, Hanan Salah, the crew was also in a hurry to get to Safaga so they could have a full overnight stop to rest before heading out to Suez in the morning. As a result of the sinking, the southward course has become mandatory for all big vessels.
Like we mentioned earlier, because of the horrific storm, rescue operations were postponed until the morning of Sunday, December 15th, with the seas still angry, soaring with 10-foot-tall swells and high winds, making an already dangerous rescue operation all the more so. In metric measurements, those swells were three meters tall. Initially, rescue efforts were overseen by four Egyptian naval ships, four helicopters, and three Air Force C-130 transport planes, alongside support from United States and Australian Navy helicopters. Life rafts and life jackets were dropped down to the survivors, and tourist boats also stopped to help save people from the Red Sea. Reportedly, 150 people were saved on December 15th, and 30 more would be rescued later. The rescue operations were paused that day due to weather and the darkness, with search and recovery resuming on Monday the 16th. Initially, the Egyptian authorities wanted to raise MV Salem Express, but she was found to be lying on her starboard side on the seabed, and recovery of her was too dangerous to continue any deeper into the lower levels of the ship after three days. On Tuesday, December 17th, the Egyptian Navy would start the recovery process, supported by 23 local diving professionals and hobbyists from Hergada and Safaga. On the first day, the team recovered 40 to 50 bodies. Family members of those dead and missing were gathered at the port, awaiting news on their loved ones' remains. Most of the victims recovered were primarily from the uppermost port side of the ship, and this included Captain Morrow and two other crew members, which contradicts rumors that he left in a lifeboat. Most of the deceased were trapped within the ship as she sank, unable to get out. According to my resources, in Islamic tradition, it is important to avoid burial at sea when possible, but I may be wrong, and if I am, please correct me. It is permissible when there is no other option, and so entryways into the ship were welded shut to prevent the bodies from being disturbed, leaving the wreck as a sort of tomb. It has been disputed how many survived and how many drowned, and we may never know. Like I stated earlier, there are sources that claim there were 644 passengers, 180 survivors, 464 dead with 117 bodies recovered. Some claim 650 people, 578 being passengers and 72 being crew. And yet another more contemporary source claims there were 664 passengers with 179 survivors, 485 missing and 71 crew. According to the New York Times, out of the 71 crew members aboard, only 10 survived. May all of the victims rest in peace. As for the wreck of MV Salem Express, she lies off Port Safaga on the Hindum Reef at 26 degrees 39 minutes and 1 second north, 34 degrees 3 minutes and 48 seconds east. She rests on her starboard side in 105 feet of water to the seabed and 39 feet to the port side of the ship. In meters, that's 32 meters to the seabed and 12 meters to the wreck. Though you technically can dive at this site, it is understandably controversial due to the heavy loss of life here, and the legality of it is up in the air. Although trips to the wreck are available, some of the local dive guides are uncomfortable with or forbid entry to the wreck altogether, and divers who have been to the site often report feeling unsettled or saddened by the experience. There are some that aren't bothered by the experience, saying it is similar to seeing a historic battlefield or any other wreck in the area. Despite many entrances being welded shut, you can still enter the wreck, and because it sank so recently, especially when compared to other wrecks, it's pretty much intact and there are some corals growing on it. It is known for having a lot of well-preserved artifacts scattered around the ship, like luggage and passenger items, as well as lifeboats. Some divers choose to be respectful to the victims and leave the wreck without disturbing it, and others open suitcases and retrieve souvenirs. To me, that's gross, but to each their own. 
At the end of the day, it's important to remember almost 500 people died in the sinking and to remember the victims. Rest in peace to all of those who perished, and I send well wishes to the survivors. These types of stories with Roro fairies are too common, and we have covered a few of them. If you want to hear a story about another of these Roro fairies, check out our video on MS Herald of Free Enterprise. Thanks so much to our lovely patrons for subscribing and supporting the channel and myself as a creator. You guys are awesome, and it really does help us out. If you'd like to support this channel and future episodes, go to patreon.com slash Sunday to join. Thank you for tuning into Shipwreck Sunday. If you liked this episode and are listening on YouTube, please give us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to our channel. If you liked this episode and are listening on Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or another podcast service, please subscribe for more content and leave us a five-star review as it does help us reach more listeners like you. If you have any ships you'd like us to cover, please leave us a comment and you might hear your favorite ship here on the podcast. Check out our community tab for updates and to interact with us. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tune in next Sunday for the story of SS City of Salisbury, a freighter that sank in 1938 and had bizarre stories involving zoo animals. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.